This is a HeadGum Podcast. We always battle hard, but we always stay friends. Because we all love Pokemon. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. Did you know that Tanner very often calls me Josh during our records? Oh, wow. No, I did not know that. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've gotten a couple of Jacks before. So. You've got a couple I mean, of Jacks? It's okay. confusing where we both have J's, four letters. In the throes of passion, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the the real crime though was recently just in the it had never happened before and I didn't know what he meant, but he referred to our listeners as the bug catchers. Oh yeah, but now that's technically that's... true because we are speaking to some bug catchers and some members of the Baby Nation all at once. Yeah, uh, and he is also actually he's used the um I I discovered this. Um, because he did it, but he closed one of our episodes with I love you and I kiss you. Uh, That's nice. I was like, oh, you know what? I love you too, Tanner. And then I was like, wait a second. That's a sign off, isn't it? Uh, that so- sounds too much like a catchphrase. Um, yeah. But no, it's genuine. When You don't say that to someone unless you genuinely mean it, that you do love and indeed also kiss them. Right. So you can take that as being heartfelt. We, we love and kiss both Baby Nation and the Bug Catchers. And the Bug Catchers. Um, per- perhaps we should say what is happening here, because probably. A- a- lots of people are probably confused. <laughs> yeah, with the cold open. There's there's some like v- very interesting cross section of people who maybe know exactly what's happening, but find that deeply confusing because it's like the right, right guys but the wrong guys somehow. <laughs> it's like fifty fifty in a lot of ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> well, where do we start? And also, I, I want to say up front, if, you're, if you listen to Experience Share or if you listen to Baby Nation only and exclusively because you're like a big fucking Tanner head, yeah. this is not the one for you. No, it's going to be a miss. It's going to be <laughs> <Yeah>. a miss. <laughs> um, so what are we calling this? I've been referring it to in my head as the Pokey Sitters Club, which is the name of a fan fiction that you and I at least kind of skimmed. Yeah, I'm seeing that now as well. I was trying to <laughs> workshop it in the email, and I was like, oh, is it Babysitter's Experience Share Club? Or Babysitter's Experience Club? Something there. They're both The Babysitter's about... Experience is pretty good. Babysitter's Experience is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And then the listeners are called the Baby Catchers. Baby Catchers. <laughs> now, that's good. Yeah. And now we're getting somewhere. They're falling from the sky. Yes. Um, so, um, hello and welcome to the Babysitter's Experience. I am Jack Shepard. And I am Josh Fjellstad. And it's a crossover episode between yes. two podcasts. One is called Experience Share. Yeah. And one is called the Babysitter's Club. Club. And they were both abandoned by their other co-host, Tanner <laughs> Greenring. And so permanently. we had no choice but to join forces once again, although yeah. Jack and I also go go way back. Yeah, T- Tanner was like, <laughs> Tanner just like immediately gave up. Tanner had a crisis um, yeah. of, of work and daycare that came together in a pretty epic fashion. And he was like, right. there's nothing that can be done. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not quite a, a nonchalant <laughs> abandoning. It was for good yeah. reason, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, but we stepped in to save the day, and I think you're going to be hearing this in both feeds. Yes. That's cool. I think that's cool. That's fun. It's like it's a feed the first drop. time I've ever done such a cr- uh, crossover. It's a power move. Cross promo. Yeah. Um, and what we're going to be talking about today <laughs> is... Oh, am I... So I'm, the, um, I'm in the driver's seat on the Babysitter's Club Club. Oh, Who's yeah. in the driver's seat on Experience Share? Uh, Tanner is. Usually. Okay, so this is fine. <laughs> yeah, this works. <laughs> he kicks it off. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't really know how we fell into that because I'm in experience share. I'm the Pokemon master, the Pokemon expert. and I played a lot of the games. I mean, for the majority of my life have been a fan. And Tanner's the Pokemon newbie. And right. yet... I think initially it was because he had more podcast experience, because uh, Babysitter's okay. Club Club has been around several years longer than Experience Share. Um, so it made I was like, just, you know, let it ride. Yeah. But I don't know if you were always a Babysitter's Club fan, uh, and that's how you fell into the driver's seat. <laughs> it's, so, it's so far back in time, but that was the initial premise. Okay. That was like, the first episodes, if you go back and re-listen to them, like... The setup is very much like, I used to read the Babysitter's Club books, and this guy right, okay. is experiencing for the, for the first time. But Tanner's probably now, I would say, one of the world's foremost Babysitter's Club scholars. Oh, so wow. it's just like, the bit doesn't work anymore. The man knows <laughs> his stuff. Right. But so what the format that we have for this week, I think to ease people in, because this is going to be difficult, especially for the Tanner heads. Tanner heads, if you're still with us, we salute you. Well... I don't know if I want to salute someone who's like exclusively a Tanner head. Yeah. But thanks for sticking around. A little deranged. (laughs) (laughs) To ease us in, we'll do a a minute, a tight minute on something I found that is the only existing document that brings our worlds together. Wild. It's wild. And somebody did write a fan fiction called The Pokey Sitters Club. And the person <laughs> who wrote it is named Russian Blue Witch. That sounds right. And it sounds like she had some help from her sister, Storymaker the Echidna. And we had a little bit of a uh, pre-pro chat before we got on here, and you admitted to me that you did not indeed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was so enraptured by the Babysitter's <laughs> Club book that I read earlier today uh, that I, I couldn't pollute the the lore yeah. and i i forgot although i'm now scanning i've been scanning it now so okay I, good so that scanning <laughs> familiar, is fine the literature i can only describe the story as upsetting and unreadable <laughs> yeah and it's like it should be better than it is the plot should make more sense because there are actually daycare centers in pokemon games right where you will deposit your pokemon and people will take care of them and they gain experience so it would make sense, actually, that this yeah. would be a business, you know? Like, it, it should be more, I guess, straightforward, but when is fan fiction straightforward? The premise <laughs> is sound. The premise is sound. And I think maybe what what you and I are, re- are experiencing is, I like, I appreciate when someone makes the effort. Someone had some fun with this. They made a nice thing. It sounds like mm-hmm. they made it for someone who's possibly uh, a big Pokemon and Babysitter's Club fan. I don't want to, yeah. um, I don't want to malign them 
but I did find it very difficult to follow. But maybe if by the end of this, once you and I have merged as one Babysitter's Club Pokemon expertise entity, we'll be able to come back and understand it. Because there's a lot of stuff I didn't get. But it was mostly, I think, Pokemon stuff. But I will briefly describe it because we also experienced a Pokemon universe thing and a Babysitter's Club thing, which I would like to talk about. Right. Um, The plot, I think, is that what if they need a Babysitter's Club to look after Pokemon? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It starts there, and that makes sense. And it's something that's interesting to think about, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah. And like I was saying, like that's a that's a thing in in Pokemon. So and it's a thing in the real world. Obviously, people need to be babysat. So yeah, that makes sense. But there are a couple of narrative choices that <laughs> are a little confusing. It was confusing. I do recommend, and in fact, it's required um, that everybody who listens to this read that entire Poke Sitters Club on fanfic.net. Yeah, but. I found it difficult to follow, and we'll leave it there. Maybe we'll come back and revisit it after you and I have kind of shared, done a little bit of mind share here. Um, so the, yeah. we've, we've experienced together something from the Babysitter's Club and something from the Pokeverse. Right. And the thing that I chose is a classic, one of the great classics. It's kind of an interesting, I'm interested to hear you describe it with your virgin lips. If I may use that phrase. <laughs> you may, yeah. It's a classic Babysitter's Club book, but it's really getting thrown into the deep end. It's a book that is called Stacy and the Bad Girls, Babysitter's Club number 87. It is, mm-hmm. It's one of the most famous Babysitter's Club books. And really, I imagine you must know why. My God. You, is this your only experience with the Babysitter's Club? It is. And that's why the... Virgin Lifts were correct. I am <laughs> yeah. obviously familiar with the franchise, but I had never read any of them. So I actually thought that it was a pretty good choice because it has a lot of summary of like the backstory of the Babysitter's Club, like how it was founded. Uh, yeah. But I presume that, and maybe I'm leaping ahead, but I presume that the reason that it's so pivotal and like noteworthy is that it's about like a break with the babysitter's club great divide it's pivotal <laughs> and noteworthy because it is a book about crimes mm. and criminality and i imagine you must think that these <laughs> girls are all crime girls yeah based on your so one experience crime doing is uh is not typical in the babysitter's club world they're usually not until not getting their hands dirty this is the sort of exiting the garden of eden book here where oh, they, wow. they the, the the ultimate sin of and everybody knows that the ultimate sin is to sneak a bottle of wine into a you for me concert <laughs> yes is finally committed here um and it's it's in some ways it's probably a punishment because as i'm sure you notice from the the text uh stacy has um has left the club in previous books right. So it's during this sort of interregnum between Stacy being out of the club and being grudgingly admitted back into the club. My God, what a novel. What I would love is to hear your virgin lips describe it to me and say what happens in it. Okay. I want to hear it from you. Say, who it, Who are these girls? What are they doing? Why are they committing all these crimes? What happened? I, I mean, we didn't get... Maybe you get it in another book, which I'm definitely going to be curious to hear about. Like, you know, how did they turn into bad girls? That's unclear. Unclear to me. I get that... They're just trying to have a good time. I mean, who is it? You know, who? St- Stacy, Jackie, Mia, Andy, Heather, and Sheila. 
Yes. And Sheila, Mia, Jack, Jacquie, and Heather are the fabulous four, I think. Stacey referred to them as that at one point. Maybe okay. it was like one time, and I was like, wow, I don't know where this nickname uh, is coming from. Yeah. So the book opens with Stacy being on summer vacation, I believe. Right. And because she's no longer part of the Babysitter's Club, she has no income. And she doesn't right. have enough to do. She's and she like can't bored. get babysitting jobs outside. Baby, big right. babysitting basically owns Stony Brook. <laughs> so if you're out of the club and you call up like Mrs. Pike and you're like, hey, do you need babysitting for your seven fucking children? Miss Pike yeah. is like, if this is not through the big babysitting conglomerate over at Claudia's house, I'm not interested in hearing from you, Stacy. We're no union busters here. Like, yeah, you gotta exactly. be unionized or I'm not talking to you. <laughs> yeah. So she can't get work and she needs the money to buy clothes. And she is dating a fellow named Robert. We call him Brew Doggy. Brew Doggy. I saw that at one point too and I was like, <laughs> who's Brew Doggy here? And why? His name is Robert Brewster. Okay. So naturally, okay. his his bro friends call him Brew Doggy, and and we I consider myself one of his bro friends. And is he thirteen as well? I think Stacy's thirteen in this. Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Wow. Um, Anne and Martin likes to. Keep I wasn't these girls this cool. Eternally thirteen. They repeat the eighth grade over and over again. It's like part of the Babysitters Club, the Sitter Verse. Okay, that was is going that... to be one of my questions, actually. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, uh... then you're a sharp reader if you picked up on that in one book. <laughs> I was like, I'm having a little trouble. Like it explicitly at one point says 13. And I was like, okay, I'm having a little trouble picturing how old everyone is here. (laughs) Um, And I was like, maybe Robert is like a sophomore or something. Okay, so they're all 13. Yeah, everyone's 13. All right. So the reason that Stacy, from what I understand, the reason that Stacy was kicked out of Babysitter's Club was basically she says it's like a mutual decision which mm-hmm. we all we've all been there we're like uh i have to leave <laughs> but also like obviously these people are telling me i have to go um yeah. <laughs> uh where she started dating this dude robert uh brew doggy sorry brew doggy please yeah and he, she fell into uh, his group of friends, which is this yeah. fabulous four, and then a few and they're criminals, folks. It, yeah, these criminals. Yeah, and the Babysitters Club leadership, which I understand is namely Christy Thomas, is the president. Hell yeah, founder. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And then Claudia Kishi. I would Kishi. say Kishi. 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 I would okay. say Kishi. Yep. Mm-hmm. We pronounce names of like every Pokemon wrong all the time, so. I'm used to mispronouncing things, so that's okay. going to be a, a thing in this crossover. Uh, and Claudia <laughs> is the VP. Yeah, because she has a phone And also room. still friends with Stacy. At it's least, strained. It seems strained. The friendship is strained. Stacy okay. fucked up. Let me ask you this question. This is Here's a question for you. And I mm-hmm. want you to answer honestly. Of course. Did you like Stacy? I... I don't know that I loved her. She seemed a little bit like a goody two-shoes. Okay. She seemed like a goody two-shoes? Well, she seems conflicted. Commits wine crimes at a concert with cigarettes? Well, she but she's the rat. (laughs) She's like calling them all out on it. And she's not, she doesn't indulge. Yeah. 
I guess we don't know because the security guards end up catching them. She never has a chance. So we don't know if she would have just been like, all right, whatever. Like, I, I don't love this, but it's fine. Yeah. But I liked her. What I admired about Stacy is that she has a go-getter attitude. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, she's like bored during the summer. Like she doesn't want to just hang out. She has a few days in the beginning of the book where she's just like watching concert videos of um what is it m for you for me you for me yes and she's like bored after a couple of weeks and she's like i'm gonna get a job because she's bored and i like that i like that ambition it's good i feel like she could loosen up a little though she could you know we don't need to be criminals but there's a few steps before criminal that you can like have a little fun so there's you don't want to be jacquie no certainly not that's on the far end of the spectrum. That's like Arkham Asylum shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's yeah. sneaking wine into fucking You For Me concert. She's smoking cigarettes, explicitly smoking cigarettes. Oh, my God. And shoplifting from Bel Airs. But then on the other side, you've got Stacy, who is what we in the business we call a crime beard or a wine beard. Oh, wow. Because she's basically just being used by Jackie and her friends. Right. As like, oh, look at this good girl. Don't search our bags when we go into the concert. We're hanging out with a a wine beer. <laughs> wine beard is really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a technical term in the babysitter's community. That's good to know. So that that's a thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I That was the other part I didn't as being a New Yorker currently. And, you know, you're, you've also lived in New York for several years. Mm-hmm. So yep. I... Liked that Stacy's mom has got it going on. Stacy's mom. Yeah, uh, no, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Has, Your instincts uh, are correct. <laughs> kind of chastises Stacy at the end for like not being able to read these people. She's yeah. like, "You're from New York City. Like, you should always <laughs> know when someone is using you, and don't be a chump because we're not yeah. chumps when we're from the city." Yeah, uh, and that's like sort of the lesson. Um, and Stacy was sort of like, she had to learn the hard way, unfortunately. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to, and it throws her back into the willing arms of the babysitter's club. Right. And so the, the novel ends with Stacy at a, an awkward but active babysitter's club meeting. I, I'm curious if there, I mean, there's obviously, there's a lot of other plot points that we could talk about. I am curious, though, were there multiple books like how how much time goes on where stacy is in this interregnum period where she's like not in the babysitter's club and is this like is it smooth sailing after this one and the divide the great divide is is bridged again or is it still rocky stacy is a permanent this, this is fucking great stuff and these, these are great questions stacy is a permanent wrench in the goddamn works oh wow So she just like, she's always got one fucking foot out the door. (laughs) You know, if it's not brew, so this happened over brew doggy. Mm -hmm. Apparently she can't date her fucking basketball boyfriend and sit some babies at the same time. Apparently not. That's apparently not. So she's late to meetings and she like blows off clients and it's like, it's a fucking disaster and they kick her out. But like thing is my boyfriend now. It's my boyfriend now. That always sucks. Yeah. And so I just, Stacy's like, the core of the club is Christy, Marianne, and Claudia. 
And then mm-hmm. they Stacy's like the new girl. This is in like book one. Oh wow! But that dynamic is kind of always there, even though the more members join, Stacy's always like one foot in and one foot out. Tanner and I are not fans of Stacy. Okay. So um, I answered correctly yeah. when I was like, I don't really love her. No, no, she's not. Like, here, so they <laughs> they say so. The lesson of this novel, and and, and it comes at the end. Stacy has written what friends are like, and friends are smart, funny, cool. Sure. A fabulous dresser, someone who okay. likes to shop. It's a little arbitrary. <laughs> a good listener, yeah, someone who makes good. me feel good, and someone I enjoy making happy. That's nice. Yeah, and that's not Stacy, and it's not these crime girls, and that's the lesson. And it's beautiful, and it is a beautiful novel, and it is one of the greatest Babysitter's Club books. It's written by a man named Peter Larangis. Oh, wow. Well yeah. done, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> it had more depth than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. So we kind of, we've basically, folks, you, you ought to read it, but that's the plot. They oh, go yeah. to a You For Me concert with her, these bad crime, wine crime girls, and uh, stays, and they get caught. And mm-hmm. Stacy learns that sometimes your true friends are the fucking Babysitter's Club and not these other girls. Um, I want to ask you a question about the B plot. Go for it. And I want to start this way. What did you think of the babysitting? <laughs> how did you feel uh, about the babysitting because well, there's a lot of babysitting in the book isn't there i had a couple of questions about this so <laughs> it, it was dawn and marianne i think are are kind of alternating on this this b plot of babysitting yeah but it's set up at, and and so you mentioned marianne previously is dawn a, a main character as well Yes, she's a babysitter. She's one okay. of the seven. Yeah. So the subplot here that gets introduced, and it's in a great bit of narrative here, it finally all comes together in like yeah. the penultimate oh, chapter, how these two stories connect. This is Loran- This is Peter Larangis. Peter, wow. Masterful yeah. storyteller. Yeah. So Don's mom has mm-hmm. remarried, and... The, and I who is she remarried? Right. She is remarried Marianne's dad. Oh, that's there. Okay, so that's why they they are together as well. Okay. Yes. So they find out that Dawn's cousin, Amy, who is her cousin's daughter, I think. She's nobody. She never, she's, she's never in it again. Her parents are never oh, in good. it again. She's nobody. She she's just like a, a nobody. She's just a kid. Too. She's a device. Yeah. Richard is asked to like go on business with these cousins. Yeah. So they're like, hey, uh, Dawn and Marianne, can you take care of Amy for three For two weeks? fucking weeks for free. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that's my first question. <laughs> um, I think it's implied that w- the, the Dawn's mom is around the whole time, and I'm forgetting what her name is. Sharon. I believe Sharon is around the whole time, but either way, 13-year-olds taking care of a 7-year-old for three week, two or three weeks is, like, pretty bold. That's not much of an age difference. I mean, they are the best in the business. They're the best in the business. Okay, it's so they've the got all their club. references. The CPR certified. Yeah. Just, it's, it's like Malcolm Gladwell. They've done thousands and thousands of hours of good, clean <laughs> okay. babysitting. 
Yeah, they know what they know what they're doing. And what's uh, what do they get out of that? Like time, like they never mentioned the payoff here, but that's got. I don't be think they're being paid. A lot. Well, I don't know. Oh, they're doing it for free. That's a good oh. question. That's a good question. I think it's I I it may be left open ended. It may be left open ended, and they may also just be in the thrall of this kind of scary girl because there's like a scene. The girl is bad. Yeah, Amy's bad. Uh, she is you not don't having a, a nice time. No, no. And she, um, there's a scene where Claudia is like trying to get her to come out of her shell, and she's like, "Why don't you draw a picture about how you're feeling?" And the thing that Amy draws is like this fucking horrifying, like just dark void that's clearly in the center of her. It's like, it's yeah. a here. I've got the passage here. An enormous scaly creature with bloodshot eyes. It was holding something that looked like a banana. Two stick figures were below the banana, floating with umbrellas like Mary Poppins. Claudia's heart went out to Amy. Whoa, scary. What's the creature holding? A train. It's going to London, and the creature is picking it up and squashing it. And two people escaped? Yeah, that's my mom and that's my dad. Jesus. (laughs) She pointed to the area beneath the monster. And that... That's Stony Brook. This. Amy doesn't need a babysitter. Amy needs a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Or a fucking exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a dark child. And it's it, this happens sometimes in the series. They've introduced this sort of like dark child. And then I think we're probably, if we were better readers of these texts, we would just like recognize the dark influence of this dark child throughout the rest of the series. But she's never mentioned by name again. Right. And I'm realizing we're going to have to go back and read all these books again because we miss so much. And there's only 300 of them. <laughs> only. And I, now I am at a point where I've read a few of them more than once. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasant read. I mean, I, I cleared it in about an hour. It's um, so good. You just kick back. Pretty Let nice. Let me ask you, we're going to try to keep it fairly segment light in this portion. But sure. this is a segment that we do like to call... <laughs> vibe check oh i love a vibe check there's cool mu- music happening behind it when i said that so it sounded cooler to listeners oh, yeah. and it sounds to you um so vibe check Stinger. is when we figure out what the guys are and here's the vibe check that we're going to find out what they are is you for me what mm-hmm. what are they in real life what band is this what this is, is it because really- i don't think it's a boy band I, it's not like backstreet boys really confusing to me and this touches on what my main question was going to be and it also relates to amy's story so okay perfect when dawn is preparing for amy to come and stay with her for two or three weeks she goes into jeff's room which that's her brother brother yeah and Mm -hmm. she's like i gotta make it all good for like a six-year-old or whatever yeah and she points out that there's like Darth Vader sheets and a Red Sox poster and she needs to cover up all that stuff because that's not going right. to, apparently that's not going to be very gendered. That's not going to be good for a six year old. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, six year old girl. Uh, yeah. And then, so for you, for me, this group, I think is identified as being a grunge band. There, so there's a there, here's the passage. Okay. This is important. Yeah. Mom calls me a grunge sponge. 
says Stacy, and U4 yeah. Me isn't really a grunge band. They just sing the best songs. So what I'm getting from that is that they're not grunge. It's not like fucking like weird post Nirvana. It's not like Nickelback. Okay. But That's what I was curious it, about, yeah. it is something that like a lame parent would think is grunge and a in the know kid would say isn't really grunge. So you wouldn't say of the Backstreet Boys, for instance, or NSYNC, which like the right. name makes you think it's going to be NSYNC. But it's like you wouldn't say yeah. they're not really a grunge band. You know, that's not okay. how you would describe them. That's what I think. And, that I'm just trying to get cues. And the guy's name is Skylo, which yeah, is like Skylo. a little edgier than like J Rock or something, you know, like which would be a boy band name. Right. That could be both you or my boy band name for what it's worth. And is the setting what I'm trying to figure out is like yeah. this is the one of the books in the nineties. Was this do you know what year it was? Um, I think it's probably early 90s, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, why is grunge even you know part of the discussion? Okay, so it's in the 90s. It's very confusing because you, for me, also, like, at the concert, Skylo comes down onto the oh, stage, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. from the air, from the sky. Uh, right. Low, and cool, that's cool. surrounded by fog and everything, which is very boy band. Yes. So... But then it's some kind of, it's in the rock sphere. So it's definitely not a Backstreet Boys or an NSYNC. She describes it as my current fave rock group. Are they like Train or like... <laughs> okay, see, that could work. But it's for te- like for teens. Like I don't know if Train has like tween. No. Yeah, for 13-year-olds, yeah. Let me throw something out at you. And just, if you don't like it, it's fine. All right. MCR. Oh... Wait, did they start in the nineties? No, I mean, or is this this no, is just? No, but it's like an MCR esque band. That makes more sense to me. It's something like that. Yeah, like a Panic at the Disco. You know, it's like melodic and it's rock, but like, yeah, there's a lot of eyeliner and it's a little bit edgy. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and like to these girls, they'd be like, "Yeah, this is grungy. This is the hard stuff." And they're like bad. The guys are bad. There's like a they're they, apparently they like skipped out on their last tour because oh they like God. couldn't be fucked. And like Jaqui is like <laughs> they're so cool. They like don't care about regular stuff. And it's like Jaqui, I get that you think that, but when you're a grown up, and I hate to be like this, but it's not actually cool to skip out on your engagements and things that you've promised that you were gonna no, do. People is it really don't like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not. Bad. No, it's not a good long-term strategy. And it's troubling that Jaquie's learning yeah. from these people. No, exactly. And of course she loves that shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we, we're going to have to... The, the, uh, the bug catchers who have stuck around, <laughs> I hope you've learned something about the Babysitter's Club, and I appreciate you. The non-Tanner head bug catchers, who, the Josh heads out there, have stuck around for some Babysitter's Club content. Fiel stands. <laughs> the Fiel stands. Okay, that's great. Yeah. I don't know how many there are. We've never gotten. We don't know. We don't have the. We don't have the polling data to suggest <laughs> if there are more uh, Tanner heads or Fiel stands. That's so good. I don't have one for me. God, now I feel terrible. Um, well, wouldn't but you for- have a flock because it's Jack Shepard? And <laughs> the see flock, you have a flock is awesome. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so good. 
Um, okay, so for the Fjellstans in the flock who are still here, um, we are going to talk about the Pokeverse in our next segment after a break. But I want to ask you, because this is, you, you know, it's your virgin lips here that we're all kind of watching with our eagle right. eyes. And is that an okay turn of phrase to say? I think it is. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to say, and I will say it again with those virgin lips, about the about your experience, your first experience uh, with the Great Babysitters Club before we move on? Honestly, maybe this is the direction Peter takes the books he writes, but I thought it was a easy but like more complex read than I would have thought. There's like a good amount of story. There's uh, good character development. I'm being dropped into this with, what is this, the 87th book? Absolutely yeah. no experience. And I was able to figure out a fair amount about all of the people in the Babysitter's Club universe. So yeah, I thought it, it was less just like you're dropped into it and they don't explain anything. Uh, and the characters are uh, are interesting. Like there's good girls, bad girls, everywhere in between. Yeah. Got brew doggy. Some for everybody. Yeah, um, I I enjoyed it. It's a crazy book to be parachuted into. (laughs) I actually, I thought it was going to be, I would have, I would understand less. I think you made a a smart choice because it does, it's in this quote unquote great divide, which I also was like, I think it's funny. They have a bunch of little like nicknames for things. I presume that like she called something like the big chill, which was like when Stacy's parents got divorced, I think. Um, yeah. and then like she has a hideous hair flattening helmet that she has to wear when she bike rides. I was like, I like this little nickname thing. I it's do cool. that too. Yeah, um, she calls so, her, her getting dressed in the morning Stacy's daily trauma. Yes, SDT. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's cool. uh, so I I thought it was actually a good choice to be like dropped into it. I think that's what they call venereal diseases in England. <laughs> SDTs. Oh yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay good well i'm glad you liked it um well let's take a quick break and then we're gonna we haven't even told folks what we're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about a classic movie that it's called a lot of different things but it's mostly <laughs> yeah. called pokemon 3 the movie yeah the pokemon movies have very confusing naming conventions and this is yeah. pokemon 3 colon the movie the movie yeah uh yeah. all right i'm looking forward to that let's take a quick break great Welcome back to Babysitter's Experience. Hell yes. Which Jack and I were just talking about how it's an elevated, curated sort of like premium level, you know? Yeah. You have to work to get into the experience. Anyone can get into the club. is low level. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So for this portion, which is why I'm kicking it off, we're going to be talking about (laughs) Pokemon 3... The movie. The movie. And in Experience Share, normally what we're doing is playing the games uh, and recounting the experience uh, gym by gym. Mm -hmm. But uh, because we had a limited amount of time uh, and prep. I don't have a Game Boy. And Jack doesn't have a Game Boy. I didn't want to bring that up, but Jack doesn't have a Game Boy. So that's a big problem. Um, but also the games take a long time to actually get through to any extent that you would be able to really comment on it. And we don't do, we're not the fabulous four 
we're not Jacqui, like we're not going to be using emulators, we're not criminals, you know? They could be pokey trainers, couldn't they? Jacqui and Andy. That's I'm oh, trying to find like definitely. points of confluence between these universes. And that seems like they have the same vibe as some of these trainers. They'd be in Team Rocket. Here's my I want to I want to tell you my experience with poke Pokemon, which is just we did record an episode of our podcast where I made Tanner experience um, something from the year 1998, and he made me experience something from the year 1998. Oh, and yeah. The, I think pilot, I made him yeah. listen to like, listen to an REM album. And then he was like, just play this like Pokemon Red versus Blue. And it was like, my thing took me like, I enjoyed it for what it's worth, but it was like 22 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's the extent. And so what I did I I um I got um I got real invested in a um the a Nido, a Nido Nido Queen. Oh yeah. Nido Queen's great. Yeah. That's my that's... preference to Nido King. I think Nido okay. Queen is better. Okay. Anyway, that's so that's basically my experience and now also Pokemon 3 the movie and it has like a subtitle sometimes and sometimes not. That's called like Legend of the Unknowns or something like that. Yeah, it's very confusing. It's either Emperor of the Crystal Tower, Ente, <laughs> yeah. or Spell of the Unknown, colon Ente. And I, so I watched this with my human child. Oh, really? What did he think? He's three years old. And yeah. his, mostly what he's watched, well, exclusively what I know what he's watched before this has been. Like 1970s Disney movies. <laughs> right, yeah. And Sesame Street. And so, so you're raising him right, yeah. His mind <laughs> was good. fucking blown by this. Just completely blown. <laughs> his mind was entirely blown. He was like, what? What are they? I was like, I don't know, man. He's like, is that a dinosaur? What the fuck? <laughs> um, he loved it. And then so he has a Pokemon. Um, that I purchased in Japan as a gift for my wife oh, before great. the child existed. And it's the Meow Guy. Like a plush but or a uh, It's a plush, little, and it's the Meow yeah. Guy. And, um, oh, Meowth. My wife named it. I imagine this is probably sacrilege to to uh, bug catchers. My wife named it um, Miss Kitty Fantastico, which is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer reference. Oh. And I, it's, That's right in our sweet spot i mean i haven't watched buffy but i had a in season two i named all of my pokemon after the oc characters okay oh so, so you're we're allowed to name it and, okay oh and yeah i'm in particular okay. usually naming them in weird ways but he was i brought this this now like it it was one of his favorite toys as like a little baby and then it's become it's like velveteen rabbit eyes where it just like kind of got forgotten and thrown in a box um, but I brought it out after the movie and I was like, that, he was like, that's not a Pokemon. I was like, it's a Pokemon. And he was like, fuck dude. And now he's like <laughs> taking it to bed. And so Ooh. Uh, he's, a young, he's a Poke boy now. Bug catcher in training. Yeah. I, yeah, I've been, um, I have nephews, um, my, my husband's side, uh, his sister's kids. Um, and I've been waiting that what the oldest one is also, I think three, and I've been waiting for like, when can I start indoctrinating them with Pokemon? <laughs> I think three is probably about there. I did give the give him a Pikachu okay. doll a year ago. Yeah. I was like, let's just lay the seeds. Like, here's a little yeah. plush. It's very similar. Start getting them thinking about it. I'm like, what's this thing? 
and then hit them with hit them with the Game Boy. I'm I'm gonna try to have them play Red and Blue uh, okay. in a couple. I really of enjoyed years. that. This movie was dark. Yeah, it's it, dark. I was worried the child didn't give a shit. He was just like, "Is that a fucking <laughs> dragon? Holy shit!" Like there are so many animals, but weird. I haven't seen this one in the in experience share where we're in Hoenn. We're in the, we're in Gen three, and okay. I wanted to have us watch uh, Destination Deoxys, which is from the generation we're in, which is around like two thousand five, and okay. apparently this one, Pokemon three, the movie. Is yeah. the last Pokemon film uh, before Detective Pikachu in 2019 that came okay. out internationally. So the reason okay. we couldn't get any of the other ones streaming is because they they just never nobody has bothered. Um, which, based on this one and Jack, obviously, I'm gonna love to hear <laughs> your your overview of the plot yeah. here, but. Based on the plot, I'm like, yeah, I think it'd be kind of a hard sell after this one for uh, <laughs> keeping with the mass release in uh, 190 countries or whatever. <laughs> so you you told me in our email thread that this is was rated on some list as the the best Pokemon movie. Yeah, it's well, Pokemon. So, and and going back to the naming convention, Pokemon the movie 2000, which is Pokemon the first movie. <laughs> Okay, okay. And it, wow. the subtitle is Pokemon the movie, Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the conventions never make any sense for how they title these things. That one is like the best one. Um, okay. But of any of the sequels, this is the only one that uh, that was being ranked as like, this one's good. I yeah. was like, wow. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes disagrees for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> What does I Rotten Tomatoes to give it? it? <laughs> I like to go in clean with something like this. If I'm going to watch it anyway, I don't need to know what Rotten Tomatoes does. But like whatever app I used to watch it was like, just so you know, Rotten Tomatoes thinks this is 21%. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not my boy, though. Ebert's not giving this one two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, shall I try to tell you what I think happened in this experience? In this, And I would describe it more as yeah. an experience than a film. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely an experience. Yeah, I'd love to hear your interpretation. There's a man called Spencer Hale. Yes. He's a professor. One of the yes. greats. I related to him. He se- seems like he's like one of these like ivory tower dudes. Like he's not like Ash Ketchum, who goes, who's like out in the wild catching Pokemon and throwing Pokemon and doing all the stuff you do with Pokemon. He's like yeah. studying the tomes and the archives to like learn about like fucking ancient greek pokemon yeah he's not down there on the streets like talking to random people yeah so he's a real deal he's an academic and i like that about him he's a little weird with his daughter i thought so yeah he's a little weird with his daughter he like goes away for a day which it sounds like there's no mom so it's like a little weird to go away for a day even just a day because your daughter's like five years old you can't you can't i don't care if you're like the best professor in fucking pokytown you like can't leave your daughter alone but then he's like she's like oh don't go daddy and he's like remember me in your dreams i'll be back just as soon as i can keep me close in your dreams (laughs) 
Yeah, and he just like leaves her with like so they're they're very moneyed. He's a yeah. They have a very big successful professor, and it's he, they're located in Greenfield, uh, okay. in Johto, which is like the Gen Two region, uh, gold okay. and silver region. You, you've lost me with a lot of what you're saying, but I'm nodding along. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, I'll try not to lose you. Uh, I'm sure that's the just basically know to say, yeah. This town doesn't exist in the games, and that's okay. frequent with the anime. Um, but this guy, Greenfield, seems like it's a suburb out in. It's a suburb of like a giant city. Like they're all rich. It's like the English countryside kind of a thing. <laughs> and he's okay. got a big castle on a hill, but he's yeah. still leaving his daughter with just like unclear. If unclear. They have, like, just leave butlers and shit. They're just. He's kind of like I'm out. And he goes to a pokey cave, and then a bunch of eyes come out of the pokey cave. <laughs> yeah. And they're yeah. eyes, and they're, like eyeballs. And my son, my three-year-old son, was like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, I don't know, child. <laughs> what if I, what have I introduced you to? It was pretty scary. Like, a swarm of eyeballs came out of the pokey cave, and then uh-huh. Spencer disappears into the multiverse. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. into a place between worlds. Definitely, yeah. And this is in Babysitter's Club. There's a multiverse aspect to it as well. (laughs) Yeah, he gets basically sucked into a laptop. Um, And so I'm familiar with multiverse from Babysitter's Club. We have that too. The Babysitter's Club mysteries take place in a a parallel universe to the um, regular Babysitter's Club. And they're also people who can walk between our world and the world of the Babysitter's Club, such as Keanu Reeves who makes a number of appearances the, in Babysitter's Club books. So I know uh, th- this stuff is the easy. The actor, just straight up, he's Walks in into books. a Babysitter's Club book, yeah. Like, I mean, they talk he's about on, they're watching, they're, they're watching The Matrix or the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, or is he, he's around. <laughs> well, he's assumed to be around. They talk about him in the books. So he's he exists in okay. that world. So yeah, I'm just wild. saying, I just want you to know that I'm comfortable with this. I didn't okay, blink. Great. I was like, oh, okay. You could follow. It's a different universe. He gets sucked into a different universe. Two big dongs grow out of his castle. Right? Mm-hmm. The castle becomes enveloped, dongs. and two big crystal dongs grow out of it. And then the daughter, and this is key. Her name is Molly. She's five years old. Yes. I think she has face blindness because her dad goes missing. Like, the butler <laughs> is like, Molly, your dad is dead. And then a fucking lion with no nose and a handlebar mustache shows up and he <laughs> yeah, walks insane. in on all fours <laughs> and she's like dad <laughs> and then that's her dad this is this is a, a fair and honest recounting of this film that the lion is her dad now this is what happened he, in the movie yeah right it, it i'm not putting any spin the on the ball is, no he, <laughs> i think his first line is like i am papa like, yeah. I'm, I'm Papa Ente. I'm your Papa now. Are you mine? I am Ente. Papa, it's you. Yeah, I'm your Papa now. And she's like, hey, Daddy. And then fucking cut to <laughs> Ash Ketchum, who, like, just, yeah. like, hangs out with his mom, Delia. Right. He just, like, chills with his mom. I thought it was his friend until I, I context clues alerted me to the fact that that's Delius's mom. Well, 
speaking of you know babysitter's club like how old is anyone this is also like delia looks the same age as misty who is with ash uh is the the red-haired girl who's with ash and brock um they look the same age and misty is like in the in the anime at least supposed to be you know fucking 12 or something right and ash is like 11 and then delia is his mom and it's just like yeah no it doesn't make any sense that like anyone is this age that's like a problem with all the pokemon games is like everyone just sends their 10 year olds out onto the streets and you just maybe never see them again because they want to be a pokemon trainer (laughs) i'm now realizing that our fanfic that we read the main character yeah. in the fanfic is called Misty, and the main character in the Babysitter's Club is called Christy. And she does say, at some point, Misty's great oh, idea. Oh, yeah. Which is the first Babysitter's Club book. And I feel like we have been deeply unfair to this fucking piece of genius. And it is the case that as we, as we start to share knowledge with each other, as we start to experience share, if you will. Yes. We're coming to a place where we can appreciate the document that brought us together in the first place, the Pokey Sitters Club. So Misty is the stand-in for Christy. Yes. Misty is Christy, and I didn't know that because I didn't, I didn't catch any names here. Um, we were brought into the world of Ash Ketchum, who even I, a neophyte, that is a name that is hallowed. <laughs> yeah. It's a and Mount Rushmore of, of our yeah, cultural consciousness. I know who Ash Ketchum is. But they take they get his mom. And then so we go back to the face blindness and Delia. Oh, and it's because Molly wants a mama. Mama's like, where's mommy? my Where's my mommy? It's implied that her mommy is long dead, I think. Yeah, this is um th- I actually looked this up because I was like or when I was getting the uh the the summary here, I saw that apparently in the Japanese version the mom is explicitly hospitalized, like she's sick. But in the okay. dub, the American version, they just cut they that out. Imply that like she also was like sucked into her laptop or whatever. Like the unknowns took her. That's but fucking crazy. Because American audiences couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle uh, it. So it's not like the mom is dead or like divorced. It's that she's also in this liminal off. space between worlds. Yeah, supposedly. She's in the other verse. She's floating endlessly throughout the other verse that is created by our imagination and legendary Pokemon such as en- Entai. Entei. Entei. Um, yeah. Delia shows up in the other verse and uh, Molly is like, Hey, Mom. <laughs> you called me Mama. Yeah, and I'm Molly. Remember? Molly. Mama. Yeah. Um, this is my mom. <laughs> that was also really weird. She does have face blindness. Like, yeah. she doesn't bat an eye. She's like, oh, it's my mom. It's mommy hey, right mom. here. <laughs> yeah. My dad is this hipster lion, and like, I haven't skipped a beat. <laughs> and now my mom is Delia. Yeah. And then so I, I have a number of pokey questions for you. But I, oh, yeah. I don't know whether that's the best is use of our time. Shall I ask you some pokey questions? Do you want to ask me some pokey questions? What, or we can maybe go back and forth in a lightning round. Because that's the that's and yeah. then Ash, Ash and the Ash and the gang have to try to 
to stop this, and also there are the R and R guys who who are Team Rocket. Two guys who hang around with a cat in a cat balloon, <laughs> and um, yeah. they seem like they're bad because bad guy music plays whenever they're in the show, dun, but they don't dun. do anything bad. <laughs> they try, and they're in fact they're quite nice. Bumbling idiots. Okay. All they want yeah. is they try to steal Pokemon. They specifically want Ash's Pikachu because they uh, think the Pikachu okay. is like extremely powerful. They don't uh, mention it. They're mostly just helpful. And also, can I raise a point of order? Oh, yeah. Isn't the whole fucking point of Pokemon that you steal other people's po- Pokemon? Normally, you're capturing them out in the wild. There are actually the game we're playing through right now, Pokemon Coliseum, uh, on Experience Share, is a game where you steal Pokemon. Um, but okay. normally in the games, they're like your pets. And is it considered so you can't untoward? hurl pokeballs at them and like steal them it's very uncouth yeah you you can't okay. do that okay so that's why they're bad but it's right. not said in the movie if this is is your first kind of real foray into the pokeverse as is the case for me yeah this movie you're like these guys kind of signal as bad and they've got a bad cat who like breaks who's like fucking deadpool and like breaks the fourth <laughs> wall all the time yes yeah in a pretty amusing way. Sometimes it's better not to ask questions. Hey, Jesse, I got a question that's better I shouldn't ask. Do you think we're going to get a bigger part in the next movie? But they don't do anything bad and, in fact, are quite helpful. Yeah, and this one, it's interesting because they actually do help them out a couple of times because everyone is being trapped in this, like, crystal kingdom that the unknown yeah. are creating. Yeah. Uh, and so they're like, oh, we're not going to be able to get this Pikachu this time. So, like, we have to just get out of this fucking, like, hellscape yeah. that everyone is trapped in. I mean, I you're speaking of the bad cat, Meowth. I'm curious for my first question. I think yeah. I like lightning round. Let's um, do let's do back and forth. You ask me one, I'll yeah. ask you one. Yeah. Given that you have very little experience with Pokemon, I'm curious if either in the, this movie specifically or historically, do you have a Pokemon that's particularly appealing to you do you have like a favorite pokemon or was there anyone in this one that you were like drawn to i love that fucking cat uh, that was yeah fantastic i don't know if He's that's like la- it's lame to be into meowth but i liked that cat a lot he was cool as hell no the um, character is one of the in the anime in particular is one of the best characters because he's got this backstory where like obviously normally pokemon can't talk but he can because oh. he was like a street cat and he in the town he grew up in he fell in love with this fancy it's like aristocats this fancy okay. cat and he never thought he'd be able to get her attention unless he was able to differentiate himself from like everyone else so he taught himself how to talk that in order beautiful. to impress her but that then she thinks beautiful. he's like a freak and still kicks him to the curb it's sad. Oh, okay. He he has a tragic backstory. There's real pathos there. I'm just yeah. learning from you now that he's the only one who can talk. For some reason, I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. I didn't grok that. Now that you mention it, none of the other Pokemon talk. Well, Entei can, I guess, but he he was oh, an yeah. illusion this whole time. A- Entei is an illusion from the other verse. Um, yeah. And then um, my child Cyril got so excited when the um, the big dragon came out. Oh, Charizard. Yeah. Charizard saves the fucking day. And and this is actually, Classic. maybe this will be my first Poke question for you. 
why doesn't he just always use the dragon? Because <laughs> like all of his like dumb yeah. Pokemon get like get their fucking asses kicked. Like they're fighting with Entei and and um, uh, Molly. There's so many names, but like the girl like fancies herself a pokey fighter and so a lot of the action of the movie is she's like now we'll fight and then it's the thing that i'm familiar with from playing the one game where she's like she throws out a pokeball and it just like fucking obliterates them because they're like here's my tiny penguin (laughs) well if water won't work then i'll use fire i choose you in the quill And she's like, okay, I have a sea monster. <laughs> like, fuck you. But, like, uh, yeah. why doesn't he always do the dragon? Because the dragon's big and scary and, like, can kind of hold his own. That's my pokey question for you. Oh, it's a great question. It actually yeah. touches on something that was very controversial in the anime and something that I, as a kid, really hated. And it made me, like, disrespect Ash and, like, not. It was, like, a turning point in the series where I was like, this show's fucking bullshit. Like, this guy never evolves his Pikachu. He's always losing. (laughs) Like, he sucks. And there's an episode where, and this, so this connects with, like, the anime and the movies, for the most part, do, you know, have connective uh, narratives. Yeah. So his Charizard was his best Pokemon. It's, like, his best Pokemon for a long time. But uh, in the anime, at one point, Ash runs into people in the Ch- Cherasific Valley who okay. train Charizards and his Charizard wouldn't obey him like because it didn't respect him and it was like over leveled, which is a thing in the games. Like you can have Pokemon uh, that if they get too okay. high, they just will disobey you. Yeah. And so he leaves the Charizard with these people, but the Charizard had been coming around to Ash and I was like, yeah, Ugh. keep the Charizard and you just keep, damn keep training like it's your best Pokemon. Yeah. It's like a pseudo legendary. He leaves it in this valley with these people. Um, okay. And that's where it's coming from. Like in the movie, there's like that news bulletin and these uh, okay. the trainers are like watching it. And Charizard is like watching the TV too. And then that's where Charizard like comes from to go uh. save the day. Oh, okay. but yeah, it, I mean, it was presented as like, oh, this fucking dragon's saving the day now. And I was like, well, if you had that in your back pocket all the time, but he didn't. So you have answered my pokey question. Right. Sir. It's Ash's yeah. Pokemon normally, but he okay. like gave it away. He gives away his best Pokemon. That was always my fucking problem. Okay. This guy. That's fascinating. And I have hit on something. Um, would you like <laughs> to ask me a pokey question? Um, I, yeah. So we touched on how I was pretty impressed with the character the layers of characters the complexity of the plot in in babysitter's club number 87 i'm curious what did you think about the overall structure of the plot in pokemon (laughs) 3 the movie um how does it how does it compare in terms of storylines and uh and layers uh to a typical babysitter's club book (laughs) it's 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 fuck that's a good question and it's it's not it doesn't i'm gonna be honest it, yeah. They didn't. In, uh, in what way? <laughs> they didn't do that, yeah. did they? They were like, it, it's like kind of like when my boy tries to tell me a story. It's like once upon a time there was a dragon, and then what? Uh, right. And then <laughs> the fucking <laughs> castle happened, <laughs> and then uh, there's this fucking Pokemon trainer, and then like they there's not. It's not layered. Dimension. I did like. 
the concept I will. And so I, I'm going to do a compliment sandwich here. And what would Tanner and I like to call an open face compliment sandwich? Oh, I just call those a shit sandwich. Actually, yeah. this is an open face shit sandwich because I did a, a insult first, and now I'm going to have a nice, a nice filling, and I probably won't close it. But like, <laughs> <laughs> um, the concept they do this interesting thing with the unknowns. That so the unknowns, which is are the thing. eyes, yeah. They're the eyes, and they're like, I looked it up, and it's like, sometimes it's written as unknown, un-K-N-O-W-N, and sometimes it's weirdly written as unown, O-W-N. Yeah, which is how they're spelled in the game. And they're this kind of mysterious thing, and it's like, ownership is like, obviously a vexed question in the Pokeverse. Right. You know, like, Ash makes a point at some point in this uh, novel, I want to say novel, sorry, video novel, of <laughs> saying, like, hey, the the thing about me is that my Pokemon are my friends. Yeah. All of my Pokemon are my friends. We all work together like a family. Uh, which is, like, and it's, like, seen as remarkable. Like, pe- the other people are like, what? Your uh, Pokemon are your friends, not your fucking slaves? And, like, but it, yeah. they still, like, it's still the dynamic between Ash and these Pokemon is still not necessarily like a one-to-one friendship dynamic. Like he puts them in fucking balls when he's tired of them, you know? Right. So this like idea of ownership and then there's like the big bad, like the scary thing is this unown. Right. Right. It's like a lack of ownership. And that's like what causes the tension. That's interesting. Like what puts the universe in tension and like creates this rift that needs to be solved. And I did Whoa. think that that was pretty fucking fascinating. And it's like, if you think about like what the unowns are represented as, it's uh, their eyes, right? Yeah. And an eye can be an eye that you see with, but it could also is I, the first person singular. It's I, and it's like this idea of selfhood. Holy shit. And to solve the movie, you have to like. Normally, Tanner doesn't let me get this far for what it's worth, but I'm. I'm really loving grateful. what I'm hearing but, here, but you know, I was a history major and I <laughs> love my AP English class, so I'm enthralled. <laughs> this song, I literally never got to the end of a point this long, and I'm really grateful for it, and I want to thank you for it. But and yeah. I interrupted myself, but like to to. <laughs> To solve the like puzzle of the of the movie, they have to like make this leap between the self and the other. Like Molly has to say like 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 the um, the anti is like like if you believe in me, I am right. I was born of your dreams. If you believe in me, there is nothing. I cannot do. And she like makes this leap of faith where she's like, I do believe in you. Like I only have my own individual experience. I only have my eye, but like, I'm going to make a leap of faith and I believe in you. And like that moment is the moment that like solves the universe. So I thought it was interesting that they have this issue where it's like unknown and it's also unown. And it's like this question of ownership and self ownership. And that was just like fucking wonderful. And it makes up for the fact that the movie is just like a concatenation of like random fucking (laughs) scenes. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you just did it a lot more justice than it deserves. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like a metaphor for for her, like Molly. Like, who are you when you don't have your mama or papa around? You know, like, yeah. what do you believe in? Yeah, I like it. I, I yeah, they should have used that as part of the marketing. This movie would have done a lot better. It's powerful. Yeah, because um, otherwise, it's kind of a fucking mess. 
<laughs> yeah, it is a mess. It's a mess. Is my other. It's my a other visual uh, smorgasbord. I yeah. always say that smorgasbord now because of the fucking <laughs> pop up in Williamsburg smorgasbord, <laughs> a smorgasbord yeah. of uh, visual effects. But um, yeah, yeah, the story you got to make is... those leaps. That's that's yeah. where it is. The heart. You got to look deeper. I'm aware that we're running out of time, but I do want to ask you another pokey question. Go for it. And it's more of a pokey comment, honestly. Lay it on me, Stream Bean. Email us videos in the Pokeverse. <laughs> Doesn't that make you think? <laughs> yeah, I was fascinated with... I actually had a note about this as well, because also I thought it was cute in the beginning where... Uh, Spencer, Molly's dad, the famous professor, gets an email, and it's a the if you notice this, the bird, it's a Pidgey, yeah, okay, yeah. Pokemon, and it like flies in on the screen, and yeah. it, it makes its like chirping sound, and it's like you've got mail, basically. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's like a funny little like <laughs> twist on the real world. Um, yeah, yeah, but the email is super advanced. It's all videos and like interactive. But wouldn't that be, uh, like, uh, hey, I'm not going to argue with the future. I assume Pokemon is set in our future. Yeah, the c- timeline is complex and debated, but it's yeah. most likely in the future parallel universe. Okay, but that would be yeah. bad, is, is basically my take. It's like, if, if emails is video, that's actually not good. That's a nightmare, <laughs> because <laughs> like, it's like you can't scan it you know like right you, you like can't, oh now you i just gotta fucking ch- sit here and like listen to this <laughs> account manager talk to me no 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 <laughs> gotta yeah. listen to my whole family like we already we already are on zooms for five hours a day like i can't have this in my inbox too yeah i mean maybe the it's Pokemon dystopian. Is a dystopian pokemon world yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get these little sweeties running around uh as your <laughs> pets, but then also you got email videos and and you got uh unknown that can just suck you into laptops and create it's bad. crystal it's bad. palace plagues upon the land and it's not good. Wow. Um we're gonna have to leave soon, but I, I have one thing that I really did want to bring up with you, and I imagine you must have talked about it on your show before, but is Brock, this is a question for you. Is Brock mm-hmm. a pickup artist? Is that his thing? He's like a yeah. PUA, dude. And we've covered him, because we've watched a couple of episodes of the anime, as well as yeah. Pokemon, the movie, the first movie, uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back. I can never even remember the order. Brock yeah. is... Uh, misogynist and okay. definitely pickup artist. And Can I say a few things? Arguably canceled. <laughs> yeah, this week. No, he feels canceled to me, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I actually want to pat myself on the back for noticing this. Here, he yeah. starts off and he says this to a human woman, so it's not great, but it's better than what comes later. I'm Ash Ketchum from Palette, and I want to be a Pokemon master. I'm Brock from Pewter City, and I want to be your boyfriend. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, that's pretty common. He's a gym leader, so he really tries to, like, bank on that cachet where okay. he could just, like, go around and, like, everyone is going to want to, like, bet him or whatever. But usually he is rejected, which is yeah. refreshing. Like, the joke is sort of that he is always rejected and he's, okay, okay. He sh- you shouldn't behave like this. 
Molly at some point uses her imagination to imagine herself as being oh a my God. Yeah. teenage Pokemon trainer and, mm-hmm. and, and does look like that. And Brock says to her, what's a Teddy Ursa? That's a Pokemon? Yeah, it's a little, like, teddy bear-looking Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. A teddy Ursa, huh? Figures a cute Pokemon trainer'd have a cute Pokemon. I noted this, too. And then later he says, <laughs> Hey, I made you laugh. That's my first victory today. <laughs> and again, troubling. she's a, a young girl. And so that's not I good. I think this is among the worst I've seen Brock at, where it's like, <laughs> this is it's illegal. It's not good. <laughs> canceled it's not good oh and speaking of illegal and this is another pokey question for you and it's not fair because you're technically it's your turn to ask me one but what's the deal with the pokey cops the uh oh uh officer jenny officer jenny there's officer jenny and then like some pokey cops are in it and they're just like driving around in their police cars but it doesn't appear that there's any law of the land or that they do anything. No, their suggestion is like, let's get some bulldozers over here and just try to like bulldoze the crystal plague. Like, yeah, it goes terribly. Uh, they're useless. I mean, you find that most of the characters in the anime, which is, I guess, kind of like the the game as well, are like NPCs. You know, they're yeah. they're not really getting anything done. Okay. Like. Officer Jenny, who Brock hits on very frequently, as (laughs) you might imagine, acts authoritative, but like, I can't think of anything she's actually gotten done. She's Um, never accomplished anything. Okay. No, it's a lawless land. Like all the regions, it's just chaos. Yeah. There's every single game has a different criminal syndicate. Okay. So there's always like every region has its own like seedy underbelly that like runs part of it. Yeah. So the the, the cops are defunded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody fucking defund those fuckers. Good. Defund Officer Jenny. Yeah, defund Officer Jenny. They need some new <laughs> new law, new kind of enforcement here. Okay, it feels like it might be time for us sadly to go. Yeah. That's a shame. Um I'd like to think I would even like to thank the Tanner heads who have stuck around. Honestly, I would oh. especially, especially yeah. like to thank the Tanner Heads for sticking around because it means you gave us the benefit of the doubt. We really appreciate that. Uh, we, um, I want, I'm not going to, normally I like plug a bunch of shit, but like everyone gets a break from that, I think, on my end. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking like and subscribe to Experience Share for the love of God. How many times have <laughs> the ha, Josh and Tanner told you to do that? Just fucking do it. Just, I, I just Come need to on. get a tattoo at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's if you want to check out Experience Share, you just go yeah. to expsharepod.com yeah. or on any social media. Yeah, and, and new Fjell stands, go to expsharepod and fucking subscribe. And then new members of the flock, get over yeah. here. We've got hundreds of episodes of the Babysitter's Club Club. And at this point, honestly, it's a great point to dive in because we've run out of books and we're just talking about whatever <laughs> comes to mind. <laughs> the final evolution of, uh, that will be the final evolution <laughs> of, of Experience Share as well. I mean, we got a finite amount of Pokemon games, so yeah. Um, I'm delighted that we have brought our two podcasts together. Totally. If you, this is your first time experiencing one or the other, go check it out. It's it's good to support um, the work that everybody does. And look, we did it without Tanner, and that is something to be proud of. We didn't need we him. Didn't, it turns out it took the fucking some kind of training wheels off. Finally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this week, 
Uh, we read a novel that was called Babysitter's Club number 87, Stacey and the Bad Girls. We kind of skimmed and maybe unfairly maligned a perfectly good fanfic that was called um, The Pokey Sitter's Club. Just to yeah, I take back ease what you guys I said about it. <laughs> I think it's a little more developed than I thought. <laughs> and we uh, watched a film called Pokemon 3, the movie. <laughs> Not Pokemon the movie 3. Not Pokemon 3. Pokemon 3, the movie. The movie. And that's what they call it. And who am I to say that it's wrong? And I think we learned a lot about- I think audiences did. <laughs> ourselves and each other. And Pokemon and the Babysitter's Club and so much more. Um, and do you have... A, this week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. And I have been Josh Connor Fjellstad. Middle names. Thank you for using parallel construction. Yeah. That Tanner never does it. Never fucking does it. He doesn't respect it. Um, do you guys have a sign-off that you do? I say smell you later. Okay, that's cool. I just say simply the rival in in red and blue always says, smell you later, and he's an asshole. Here's what we can do, and it's from the Pokemon, and it's what they say at the end of the Pokemon 3, the movie, and this can be our sign-off for when it's it's you and me and when it's the babysitter's experience. Thank you for listening. We battle hard, but we always stay friends because we all love Pokemon. God, that's true. Isn't it? I need a moment. (laughs) Beautiful. All right, bye, everybody. Next week, uh, who the fuck knows what's going to happen on our various feeds, (laughs) but something, probably. (laughs) Something. Until then, smell you later. Pokemon. Do you know what the dragon is called? Yeah. What is it called? Um, let me check. Charizard? Charizard. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>